0: Black swans. No, this isn't a wildlife sanctuary. You know what we mean. We are the Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. The first cruise ship leaving Venice since the pandemic set
2: to department protests by activists demanding the ship be rerouted because of fragile environmental
0: conditions.
3: Critics say the enormous vessels, weighing over 90,000 tons and carrying thousands of passengers at a time, pose environmental and safety risks to the canal and the city. Another protest is also planned by pro-cruise
0: activists. And that is Charles de la Desma reporting. Vice President Harris leaves this weekend on her first trip abroad since taking office. We get more on that from White House correspondent Greg Luxton. The vice president will arrive in Guatemala Sunday evening for meetings early in the week focused on dealing with the root causes of migration to the United States. She'll meet first with Guatemala's president on Monday before traveling to Mexico for talks with Mexico's president on Tuesday. This is SRN News.
4: Up? Down? Sideways?
0: Where does the stock market go from here? More importantly, are you prepared with your investment portfolio for whatever direction we head? Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Alan Mike. They'll be discussing five investment mistakes you're making right now. Mistakes that could cost you your retirement. Alan Mike have solutions and strategies for you. Make sure you listen to Money Matters with Alan Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on the Biz 1440, or call them now at 855-231-6010. Well, I moved into
5: the house in uh, the summer of 2018, and the siding was terrible.
6: Hi, I'm Dave from Mata I got a hold of JTR through Friends. It almost looked like uh, a giraffe. There were dark
0: stains where the water had saturated the old paint that was on it, but there were other things that needed addressing, and uh, there were a multitude of things, from putting doors in and railings and, and doing some electrical and things like that, all of which JTR gladly folded into the contract and took care
6: of for me. It was an amazing transformation. In fact, my brother-in-law who had visited before we had the siding done, when he came back about a month after
5: it had been done, he stopped out in front of the house and called me and said, what's your address again? Because he couldn't believe the difference.
7: Contact JTR Roofing now for your siding, roofing, and window needs.
0: Want to enroll your child in Christian school this fall for half the cost? TwinCitiesTuitions.com is joined with area private schools to offer half-off tuition for your child's first year. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, you'll see our partnering schools, an interactive map to find one in your area, and frequently asked questions about the program. Now more than ever, it's important for your child to have a biblical worldview. Get details about the half-off Christian tuition program at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com.
1: Views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
6: Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show. How about a fresca? Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. These
2: a strange dogs. We finally made it to campus.
6: Ah...
5: Well, I think we're doing it. The air conditioning's hanging in there right now. Brian and I laugh because Brian used to work in this building, although he was down in the basement, where it was probably a lot cooler, and they had they had better fans than we have up here in the in 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 basically in Grandma's attic, which is where I work now, um, uh, up way upstairs, uh, in 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 this this old building, uh, and uh, it's about 60 yeah it's about 65 70 years old um and um and a- anyway uh currently just barely hanging on at 79 degrees uh in the room I, it's already gosh uh it's already 82 outside on its way to high 90s uh, so uh if you're if you're listening to the show and you go why does he sound so distracted it's cuz I'm trying to keep myself cool that will do it um Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. The number to call. It's jobs Saturday. Been going through the jobs report, and this is one of those that sort of deserves to be a two-hour jobs report. So here's what we covered in the first hour, in case you weren't listening. And if you weren't listening, become a member of the VIP club at uh, TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Sign up. It's free. The volume of email you get from from the VIP club is really really small. It's you know you got you know unlike my unlike my my uh my addiction to uh to uh, uh a, a certain sporting goods store uh named after a guy guy who was born named Richard um he, the um where it's like three or four of those a day but I do like that store so I haven't gotten rid of them um I would uh, you know I forget where I was going with that but I, uh, you go to the, yes, you go to the website, you sign up for the VIP club, you can go listen to the last hour, you should listen, if you're listening this week, you probably should listen to the last, and you didn't hear last week's show because you were gone from Memorial Day, you should go back and listen to it, because some of what I'm talking about today connects to what we were talking about last week as well. This report was important. It's important for a way in which I think the, I think market participants have grasped it. I think the Fed has been pulled along toward the understanding that the market has. I don't think they've caught up. Um, And the one that seems the most recalcitrant is, I think, the chair, uh, uh, Jay Powell, who I, 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 I fear is focused way too much on a single number and not nearly enough um, not nearly enough focused on the range of indicators that were inside this jobs report. and In particular, particular, the gain in wages that seems to be happening. Um, let me give you one more example of this. This is Michael Feroli also from JP Morgan. I've probably played another person from JP, from JPM this morning, but, uh, Michael Feroli um, uh, at at J.P. Morgan talking about this this phrase that I'm telling you. I'm I'm going to talk a little bit about this after this, but just to set it up. uh, Cut number seven, please.
8: Well, I think it certainly uh, muddies the waters a little bit uh, insofar as the transitory narrative that the Fed has been applying to consumer price inflation arguably now also applies to wage inflation because some of the factors that may be pushing up uh, wages or at least limiting labor supply are probably also transitory in nature. So those are Uh, The expanded unemployment benefits, which expire in September, uh, child care responsibilities, which may normalize in the fall uh, and fears uh, among some job seekers about uh, ongoing fears about the pandemic. All three of those uh, factors should ease over time, but it does add some, you know, (laughs) some more noise to what is otherwise a pretty noisy picture of the economy and a noisy picture uh, uh, of the uh, the inflation outlook. So I think it's yet another reason why we're going to have to kind of reserve judgment for a few months on where. Uh, Both price and wage inflation are ultimately heading.
5: Likewise, Jan Hatzius on Goldman Sachs, from Goldman Sachs, same kind of analysis, I believe, in talking about the the impact of these various special features that are happening uh, in the economy that's changing how the labor supply problem solves itself. This is cut number six, please, Brian.
0: A lot of these issues are probably temporary. As we go into the fall, we're going to probably see a significant increase in labor supply. The pandemic continues to recede. Schooling is going to be in person next next year. And the unemployment benefit top-ups are expiring over the next few months. So I wouldn't say that this is a major source of concern in terms of our ability to recover, but for these reasons, I think it's taking a little bit longer in the labor market.
5: So let me let me back up a, back up and say one thing about about some of these forecasts about temporary. Um, and this is where I would disagree with Hatsius and Ferroli, um, insofar and, and is my political economy background when we went through the global financial crisis in 2008-2009 we also had extended federal unemployment insurance benefits now they were shaped differently and i think in a less distortionary way than the than the ones we use now they weren't a flat dollar number of 300 a week or any other number a week they were a percentage or an addition that that piggybacked on to the state number. I'm not sure why they didn't do it this way this time. Um, I think part of it was just the tremendous hurry to get a number written down back in April of 2020, and you'll remember they put down the number 600. If you went back into those podcasts I just told you about and went back and listened to me from April of 2020, I said... Well, I kind of get that because right now you don't want people to go to work. You want to pay them not to work right now because because the model of what we thought COVID was at the time was people working next to each other make each other sick. So we're going to pay them not to work. We now have a much better understanding of COVID. We now have vaccines. Um. People's behaviors have changed to the point where w- work, the workplace is arguably, and I understand there will be people who disagree with me, but it's, so it's just my opinion. It's my show. It's the King Banyan show you're listening to on the Biz 1440. So on my show, I get to give my opinion. My opinion is the workplace is less risky than we thought it was in April of 2020. I'm not saying it's without risk. I'm saying it's less risky. And how you decide how much you know, and I don't want to get in an argument about how much less risk there is. I, it, I'll stipulate to whatever point you want to make about that, okay? But we were, you know, remember the runs on uh, on on disinfectants and and wipes for your desk and 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 making sure you clean the doorknobs and all that. And there are vestiges of that still. I still have a. I still have uh, signs on the bathrooms here in Stewart that indicate that that our bathrooms are being cleaned twice daily, uh, which is above the CDC guideline and so forth. We still have that there. I don't think anybody looks at the sign anymore because everyone's like, yeah, you know what? I think using the bathroom is probably not not increasing my risk of contagion. Um, So it doesn't make sense to pay them anymore. But let me go back to the 2009, 2008, 2009 unemployment insurance extenders. Those were voted back in again and again and again and did not come off until 2013. As they say, you could look it up. What makes us so sure when I hear Hatsias and Feroli say, hey, you know what? it'll be all right. We're going to put the, we're going to come, we're going to get, these are going to come off in, these are going to come off in September. So I really think this will be temporary. I think the schools will be, the schools will all be reopened in the fall to the normal behavior. Everything's going to be just, just like it was in 2019. And my, my reaction is, is how much do you want to bet that's true? I think somebody who is concerned about inflation—suppose you're somebody that lives on a fixed income. Suppose you're building a portfolio that still has lots of bonds in it, uh, you know, um, or you have a you have a pension that has a cost of living rider that's capped, or, or something like that. The answer to these questions are important to you because it's possible that you could end up with with an increase in wages that extends into the fall. It doesn't just stay at this higher level, but it continues to increase because businesses find it harder and harder to find people to work. I'll say I don't think unemployment insurance, and I said this last week, I don't think unemployment insurance is the only reason this is happening. I do think school reopenings is part of the issue. It's not all of it. It's some of it. Some of it is simply baby boomers who who decided, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my I'm gonna pick up my gold watch and I'm leaving. I'm done. Uh and I'm not coming back. And it doesn't matter what happens to the virus, it doesn't matter what happens to how many times my boss calls, I'm done. I don't I don't need to work anymore, I don't want to work anymore. Unlike in 2009, when your 401k became a 201k, your 401k balances right now look pretty fat and sassy, and you say to yourself, "I, I'm good, I'm out." I, I think you're going to see this time and again. Let me let me go go back and find. Uh, I got to find a couple of these numbers for you. Um, you are seeing, uh, for example. Uh, The percent of people who are unemployed, who've been unemployed for more than 27 weeks, is actually at 40.9, down from 43 in April, 43.4 in March. You're seeing signs that the unemployment insurance happens. You don't get unemployment insurance till, till September, no matter what. There's a time limit. And for some people who maybe left work in March of 2020, even with everything that's happened, for some of them, they've hit the number. They're done. There are states where you can be on unemployment insurance for 99 weeks, yes, but not all states. And that number will come off more as the states that have said, no, we're not we don't need we don't need that extra three hundred for our workers. We're gonna do something different. That number's gonna come down even more. But the median duration of unemployment right now. Um, is actually dropped to 19.3 weeks from 19.8. And I think that number will continue to come down over the next, you know, where, you know, number of people unemployed for 27 weeks or, and more fell by over 400,000 workers. So we're seeing, we're seeing a, an increase in the number of, uh, we're seeing a decrease in unemployment, and it looks like it's reaching into long term unemployed. Some of those wages may, in fact, be working, but they mayn't be work that those increased wages are working to pull people off. But I don't think it's going to pull them off quite as fast. And I'm not as positive as some of these observers are that everything will be fine by fall. I'm not saying it won't be. I think it's more likely than not that they won't pass it because such noise has been made about it. Um, but I think I think you ought to hedge your bet that unemployment insurance will end in September. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the King Bangin' show on the biz
6: fourteen forty.
0: Oh, look at all these options. You could fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream the Biz 1440. Top shelf choices include TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, our free app, and Radio.com.
7: Just go to BambooHR.com HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com HR. That's BambooHR.com slash HR.
3: And cyberspace. And I am
4: proud to be a member. And I'm I'm
3: proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country.
7: Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve.
3: AFreserve.com There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life
0: of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other.
3: They still do. The few. The proud. The Marines.
0: Listen to the King Banyan Show Saturday mornings at 9 here on the Biz 1440. It's the latest economic news, trade information, your monthly jobs report, and much more. Join us this Saturday morning live on the Biz 1440.
6: It's a beautiful
5: Welcome back, King Banging Show. The Biz 1440. It's not often I come to work in a t-shirt, but today was a day where you need to do that. How about of your office? At my office, standing rule: if the temper is over 85, you may come in whatever clothing makes you comfortable. Um, I wear shorts and flip-flops when the when the high is going to be over 85, and everybody knows it, and everyone's used to it um and even even when i'm off to visit the uh, visit my boss, i just warn him temperatures are over eighty five so i'm gonna look a little i'm gonna be a little uh little bit more casual with my dress today uh at, than usual and i never get i never get an argument from him he's such a good guy uh six five one two eight nine four four seven seven six five one two eight nine four four seven seven so Wages are being bid up by a labor supply shortage. Normally, a labor supply shortage, and that's kind of normal. And it's sort of the story. I'm gonna I'm gonna trigger a few of my listeners right now. That story normally fits a world in which you you imagine there being a Phillips curve. You were warned. Uh, so uh, you know it matches a world where where lower unemployment increases wage increases wage growth, uh, increases wage growth, and those wage increases pass through into prices. Now, here's the thing about the comparisons back to the 1970s. As I said in the previous segment, wage price spirals were a story that began in the 60s and the 70s. Indeed, uh, during the Nixon administration, as part of the price control experiment that was perpetrated on us with the closing of the gold window in 1971. President Nixon um, created a Council on Wage Price Stability, which issued guidelines on how much you could increase prices and increase wages. The normal impulse was that wage increases were stemming From increases in in activity, largely through uh, collective bargaining. That unions were part of the issue that were bidding up inflation. No matter what you think about unions these days, it's fair to say that, in particular in the private sector, they have next to no influence on what's happening with wages. Strike behavior has has declined to to extremely low levels. Strikes are relatively rare now uh, relative to what they were in the 60s and 70s. Uh, the share of private sector workers who are unionized is below 10%. So this is a different character of, this is a different character of wage price spiral. And the question is, how does the spiral work, right? So, again, uh, in fact, I wanna, I'm going to actually play this a second time. This was Michael Feroli from J.P. Morgan. Uh, again, yesterday, I'm going to replay this cut, cut number seven.
8: Well, I think it certainly uh, muddies the waters a little bit uh, insofar as the transitory narrative that the Fed has been applying to consumer price inflation arguably now also applies to wage inflation because some of the factors that may be pushing up uh, wages or at least limiting labor supply are probably also transitory in nature. So those are uh, the expanded unemployment benefits, which expire in September, uh, child care responsibilities, which may normalize in the fall, uh, and fears uh, among some job seekers about uh, ongoing fears about the pandemic. All three of those uh, factors should ease over time, but it does add some you know, some more noise to what is otherwise a pretty noisy picture of the economy and a noisy picture uh, uh, of the uh, the inflation outlook. So I think it's yet another reason why we're going to have to kind of reserve judgment for a few months on where uh, both price and wage inflation are ultimately heading.
5: And I think part of that uncertainty is what happens on the next round. Let's suppose that, okay, so very fictitious example let's suppose that the at the nearby burger king um they now hang out a sign and they say twenty dollars an hour for people to come work at burger king and they get a rush of people to come in and work for them and suppose it's a and suppose that franchisee that franchisee the owner of that that burger king franchise gets permission from burger king to increase the price of his products by say, 50 cents on a Whopper in order to cover the increased cost of his or her labor. Um, what happens next? Always, as the great Tom Sowell always says, good economist always goes with, well, what happens next? What happens next is, who eats those Whoppers? Typically... Whoppers are not being eaten by the folks that make $150,000 a year. They're being eaten by the same people that you hired at $20 an hour to make the whoppers. So, next time around, the okay, in a few months, the person who's working for you, making that higher wage, comes back to the comes back to the store manager and, or the owner and says. You know, 20 bucks doesn't really cut it anymore because my cost of living has really gone up. Now, in the 60s and 70s, that thought would have been expressed through collective bargaining and in a union. Will it continue to be expressed at this time in a world where there's less private sector unionization of the workforce? Or will or will on the other hand Wages go up, then prices go up, and then it's transitory, and everything stops. We just stop at this new higher level. In which case, the Fed probably doesn't have to do too, too much. It just accepts that as a base effect and says we're going to keep doing what we do. Um, I don't, I don't know, I don't know that that is true or not. Indeed, Feroli um, uh, says this as well about what Fed officials are observing. This is cut number eight.
8: Right. So. I think it's important to remember that after that April number, which was only half as strong as the May number, we had several Fed officials, senior Fed officials, come out and talk about uh, tapering, talking about tapering at upcoming meetings. So I think having this number in hand doesn't really change that. So I would still expect uh, at the June meeting, which is in less than two weeks' time, that they will begin the conversation.
5: Meaning? Meaning they're going to try to sort through the, these entrails, as Don likes to point out on Twitter, and, and figure out, is it time to start tapering off? Um, again, this labor supply issue that's here is, 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 is cycling through the entirety of, of the price system right now. Um, you're beginning to see, see labor supply responses. Remember, right? when When we raise wages, the increase in wages means that we're going to the increase in wages means we're going to try to bring additional workers into the workforce. Think about all the places where we've had supply shortages within the supply chain, like in lumber, for example. well, lumber prices have actually begun to come back down because prices do what they 're supposed to do they bring people they bring additional resources to bear they encourage the lumber yards, to, to produce more lumber and get it out in the marketplace because you can get more profits right now. Question, will these higher wages actually bring more of these workers back? Will the, and, and, and if that happens, will that echo into a second round of wage increases later this fall? I think the Fed, in trying to figure that out, is going to have a significant problem. And I, I, I so I'll just say right now, when the Fed meets, it's not next week, but it's in, it's it's two Wednesdays from now. When when Jay Powell comes to the podium again, what I fully expect him to say is, is we're we're not changing anything yet. We've begun a discussion about about. Uh, tapering our our purchases but it is too soon for us to act and he will tick through a variety of reasons why it's too soon to act I'll be on two Saturdays from today and say most of what he said was nonsense because he he does that and I'm a critic of of what he does. I don't think he's I don't I I, I heard David Bonson say this uh, over over, uh, overnight last night you know I don't think I don't think Fed officials are are evil. I don't think Fed officials are trying to to mess up our retirements. I think there's a lot of pressure on Jay Powell not to not to uh start tapering too soon. I think he's going to get a lot of talk back from uh, get a lot of talk back, but he's basically got permission to do a little something from the comments that Janet Yellen made a few weeks ago. And he's basically being told, "Okay, I need you to land the plane smoothly." But there is simply just a lot of noise out there right now, which is making things hard. I'm gonna play a couple more cuts for you after this to to sort of wrap this idea together and and tell you what I think is happening next and what the major narrative of this jobs report is. And some of the places where I think we ought to question that narrative. But back after this, you're listening to the King Banyan show on the Biz
6: 1440. I
0: How'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go? Well, now you can have affordable satellite internet service for a few dollars a day. All you need is a mini satellite installed and you can have unlimited internet connections wirelessly in your home or office. And no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. And the best part is, satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day.
6: Call now for free details and learn how to drive your expensive cable bill 800-430-8761 430 8761 430 8761
9: that's 800-430-8761 does your office need a little tlc do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817.
5: Welcome back, King Daniels Show, the Biz 1440. Thank you for listening. Comments at pound KBRS, phone calls at 651 289 4477. Pound KBRS or 651 289 4477, how you communicate with us here on the show. I'm glad to be with you uh, here on a steamy weekend. Um, I don't know about you guys, but we actually broke the record yesterday uh, for, uh, for 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 high temperature here in uh, the Saint Cloud area uh, over at the airport, about three miles from where I'm sitting. Uh, it um, it hit ninety seven, which broke ninety five. Um, so, and looking like it might even get a little bit hotter than that today. We'll see. Uh, what we're talking about is whether or not the, the labor market I- is getting too hot. And again, and my, point, my major point here has been the narrative you're seeing is that you're hearing over and over within the financial analysis community that we have a labor supply problem. As I said last week, and again, go back to listen to the podcast last week, the labor supply problem is, is, has multiple causes to it. It's schools, it's unemployment insurance, it's it's seniors or boomers who have decided to retire based on both their increased risk from uh, contracting COVID and their their 401ks feeling feeling pretty pretty plump right this moment. Okay, so there's a labor supply problem. I don't think there's any question there's a labor supply problem. Okay, I question people when they give me a single cause and I say, you know what? We could have Congress repeal and somehow magically uh, President Biden do a complete 180 and sign a bill that ends the unemployment insurance bonus early. And it will relieve some of the problem. But you still will not get back to the the labor force participation rate at 63 and a half that we were before you still will not get i don't believe you will get unemployment rates uh for uh people of color uh to reduce down to the level they were in 2018-2019 that won't do it indeed if anything my expectation is that is that in september you will see a because If it expires, if it's allowed to expire, which I only put the probability of that at about 60 to probably 70 percent. I think there's like a maybe a one in three chance that they will extend it because that's what they did last time. I'm only relying on history. I'm not I'm not I'm not making a forecast of. Of you know something that 's gone deeply wrong in d c we don't well was there something wrong in d c in two thousand eight two thousand nine Yes, there was okay but i i don't think the functionality's gotten worse i don 't think and I certainly don't think it moves you in the direction of getting away from these payments again, one thing that we 've learned in the last fifteen months the one thing that government knows how to do it knows how to write a check. He knows how to write a check and get it to a citizen. He knows how to write a check and get it to a business. All right? And expects you to know how to do do the reverse transaction, um, which we've we've done pretty much all our lives. So why wouldn't there be a bill to extend unemployment insurance? I expect it to happen. We're not going to hear it yet, but somewhere after the 4th of July, I expect to start to hear the drumbeat for, well, we really think it might be too soon to remove these incentives, and so we're going to keep them in place. Whether or not that that gives you a, a continuous inflation cycle, I'm not so sure about. Let me hear one more, one more analyst from this. This is Jeffrey Rosenberg, who's an analyst with BlackRock, um, talking about this as well. Cut number two, please, Brian.
4: You, you know Tom it's a it's a really difficult headline number to forecast right there was very wide range estimates and and I think the news here on this payroll report is that you're seeing signs of the supply-side constraints to the labor market and you're seeing so you're seeing that in some of the headline numbers you're seeing that in some of the industry numbers and importantly go back to the conversation you had a minute ago on average hourly earnings despite a likely mixed shift that should have other Otherwise, pushed average hourly earnings downward, we're seeing that increase. And it is a similar story to what we saw in April in that average hourly earnings figure before. So, for a long time, we've ignored these figures because they've been very distorted by the mix shift. The fact that you're seeing the increases in spite of the mixed shift, is really going to feed into this narrative of supply-side constraints pushing up wages, the push-up in wages will fuel and continue the debate on whether transitory Mm. becomes more permanent because it flows into wage expectations. That's to be seen, but I think that's the really important news out of this report today.
5: And I... Not necessarily a bad thing in the minds of some folks. I think one one person who's kind of happy that that might be the outcome is actually within uh, the Biden administration. This is Marty Walsh; he's the Secretary of Labor, and he was he was out. He got sent out to to speak yesterday. Along, along uh, also was President Biden, but I don't remember which which place this was, which uh, news service this was on, but. This was, this was Walsh on one of he because he hit all three networks yesterday morning, and this was one of them. Play cut number four, please, Brian.
6: I mean, what it's telling us is that President Biden's economic plan is working. Uh, we've added over 540,000 jobs over the last four months and since the president has been in office. Uh, it shows that unemployment rate came down this month, but we still have a ways to go. I mean, there's no question about it. We're recovering we're from a pandemic, and, you know, it'd, it'd be great when we shut down the economy, basically, because of the pandemic. Uh, you can't just slip a switch and get it back on, but th- there's a lot of good signs. We're seeing the largest job growth in leisure and hospitality. We saw it in education and public education. So those are those are great signs and as we continue to move forward here, uh, we hopefully will continue to see these gains. Chowda.
5: Okay. Had to do it. Uh he just got that. He's got that great uh, great Boston accent. They are all basically singing the same story. Right? We're seeing the gains, the economies beginning to come back. I, I there are GDP forecasts from the private from the private houses that showed GDP gains of ten percent, uh, from Goldman, from Bank of America, um, one of the two Fed nowcasts is around ten percent. The other one's down around four and a half. I uh, this
8: is
5: this is what a this is what we used to call and a paper that I don't think I can find an electronic copy of to share with you anymore. I'll have to see in my in my. My old file boxes, if I can find a paper copy. Many years ago, I wrote a paper with uh, my old dissertation advisor, Tom Willett. Still with us, still writing. Um, In fact, I'm going to, uh, God bless Zoom and and what we've learned during the pandemic. I get to attend a lecture he's giving next week. Uh, He's announced his retirement. uh, And uh, finally, he is 70. I got to think this out for a second. He is seventy. uh and he is uh he is going to retire shortly uh and so this is probably one of the last chances i have to hear him teach a class uh and um i'm going to treat myself to that next week uh and um tom and i wrote a paper um on demand pull versus cost push inflation right and and it gets at this idea of a wage price spiral And it talks about what initiates the spiral and then what sustains the spiral. And we heard a little bit of this in the comment that uh, Jeffrey Rosenberg made, that that will these price increases build into wage expectations? And my addition to what Rosenberg said is, tell me how it is that those become effective. How is, I mean... Will you see kids when the price of the Whopper goes up fifty cents and they don't get or get the next raise? Say, well, then to heck with them! I'm, I'm, I'm not going to work for you anymore, and that they go someplace else. Will they be bid away by other franchisees of other uh, uh, food uh, uh, food establishments, restaurants? To uh, and force and have that franchise be forced to pay a 5 to 10% increase in wages just to keep their staff around i'm hearing stories that that we've got restaurants that are competing with other restaurants a place closed uh for a day unexpectedly in uh, in st cloud because another restaurant which was just being rebuilt after after uh, having to close for remodeling for several months um, somehow convinced one worker at that place to invite all their friends over and said, I'm going to pay this much for this, this much for that. And basically he bought another restaurant's labor force. (laughs) The the restaurant, the, the first restaurant had to close as they scrambled to figure out how to put people back in place. That's happening in lots of places, uh, here. But the question is really, how does that wage price spiral happen? And in a world like that, if the Federal Reserve is basically saying, Yeah, we're good with three percent inflation for a sustainable period of time, it makes it easier it makes it easier for the business to say, Well, I could charge three percent more for my, my product, so I can pass that three percent back on to my workers and, and give them an extra, enough. You know, if I'm paying them fifteen cents an hour, I can take them up to fifteen forty five and and you know, not, not lose a, not lose a dime here. They'll work out really well. Um so that's the that's the argument's in place right now that's being developed from this jobs report. And if there's going to be a wage price spiral, the Fed has to somehow at some point sort of say you can't the wage price spiral sort of dictates you have to be able to make price increases stick. The problem over the last 20, 30, 35 years is every time Businesses have looked at, okay, so we got an increase in costs, but I'll just pass that on in higher prices. Something happens, and it's impossible to pass it on in higher prices. It doesn't work because of international competition, for example. Or the Fed's going to raise interest rates and, and squash the growth in the economy. That, that might happen again, might not, but that's the uncertainty that's lying in the market right now, and I think it's I think it's going to be pretty severe over the. I think that it is going to be severe through the summer. You know, if the Fed continues to be wishy-washy in their in their statements, as they I think they're going to be in two weeks, um, we're going to have we're going we're going to see more of these types of questions uh, over the summer. Hey, it's grist for my milk because I get to talk about those issues week after week here on Saturdays. We'll be back with the last comment on The King Banyan Show here on The Biz,
6: 1440.
0: The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley.
6: Hi everyone, this is Mary Carey from America's number one travel radio show inviting you to join Robert and me and Rudy each Sunday as we cover the ever-evolving world of travel and explore the world together on R.M. World Travel.
1: Tune in this Sunday evening at 7. Hi, this is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. I've been thinking lately about the biblical principle of headship. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 3 says, But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, the head of a wife is her husband, And the head of Christ is God. One way to think about headship or authority is like an umbrella. If you're under a good authority figure, it's like standing under an umbrella during the rain. It's your job to stand under the umbrella, and it's the umbrella's job to protect you from the rain. Biblical authority is like a good umbrella. It won't leak or move, and it provides shelter. Our job as believers is to submit to biblical authority figures God has placed in our life, as long as it doesn't go against God's word. Here at the Kingdom Builders, we don't sell umbrellas, but we do install shingle roofs. If you have a roofing need or want to talk about God's Word, please give us a call at 612 900 9166 or look us up at thekingdombuilders.com.
0: Limitless access to business and investment strategy. Listen to the Biz1440 with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart. Tune in and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and invest worldwide.
5: Welcome back, King Banyan Show, the final few minutes. Thank you for listening today. Hope you're able to stay cool on a what seems like a pretty hot weekend. It's already 86 outside on its way up here at least to a predicted high of 99, which will break the uh, record. Uh, up here, it's 96, so looks like I got a pretty good shot of breaking that record today. Um, one... One non one Fed thought that is not a thought regarding the jobs report specifically kind of slipped in uh, a late afternoon announcement. I saw it. I saw it on Bloomberg uh, Wire uh, piece that had been uh, tweeted out at uh, at uh, um, tweeted out by uh, uh, I don't remember who, in fact. Uh, the Federal Reserve announced that it's going to actually liquidate uh, two portfolios that it created in March of 2020 in response to to a what they what was seen at the time to be a, a liquidity a financing crisis um, in corporate bonds. So it it created both a portfolio in which it was holding some corporate bonds, and then it also created a portfolio through which it had It was holding some exchange-traded funds that invested in corporate bonds. So it has two such facilities authorized by the CARES Act. And everyone's like, what? What's that about? Well, it's worth remembering, that's actually not the Fed's own asset. That is an asset that's been provided for by a loan given to them by the Treasury. So, in fact... It doesn't really do anything in terms of the money supply, and so forth. The money that gets that the when they liquidate the portfolio, that money just moves back into the treas into the U.S. Treasury's own deposit account at the Fed. It could be used for other purposes as directed by the Treasury. Um, now, of course, the of course, Congress might want to tell them what to do with it. I think the bigger question isn't what it means for financial markets. I think the bigger question is why? Why would you liquidate it? As uh, Peter Buchvar noted, okay, it's normally you just sort of let it roll off via maturity. Well, I'm not sure how you can let a let an ETF roll off. I, I get I, maybe I've got some good listeners who are in. Or our financial market specialist, who maybe can explain this to me, does an ETF mature if you're invested in bonds, or, or or does that money continuously roll over? I don't know that, but they are they were holding other bonds in a separate in a, in a second facility. Neither of these numbers even amounted to ten billion dollars. This is like this is like fourteen to fifteen billion dollars out of a portfolio that's near eight trillion. So, you know it's barely a rounding error um a little more than a rounding error than the, the, for for both of them combined. But why liquidate? Kind of odd. couldn't quite figure that out i'm I'm expecting when the fed when the Fed meeting comes in two weeks, someone's going to ask Chair Powell the question, and I'll make sure I play the answer for you when that when that comes along but at any rate the the market again markets seemed to look at the look at the numbers and thought it turned out everything turned out fine um uh uh mortgages mortgage prices are mortgage prices uh um are doing well we got still got a market that is very difficult in terms of the supply chain issues um that are out there yep uh, and and I just went I just brought up my 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 sheet The Fed balance sheet, as of uh, Wednesday night, $7.94 trillion, an $8 trillion balance sheet. When this show first came on the air for you, that balance sheet was, was barely a trillion dollars back in 2009. right? And now it's nearly eight. It's an amazing thing. I want to thank you for listening today. Brian, thank you for your work down there. Sent him a lot of clips. He did a great job putting them together. Uh, And we'll be back with you next week here on the King Banyan Show on the biz, 1440.
0: This is a potter's field. When people can't pay for their funerals, they are buried here. It is a lonely, desolate place littered with unmarked headstones. No one visits, no one leaves flowers. But it doesn't have to be that way. For as low as $1 a day, you can ensure your family will have the money to pay your funeral expenses. We offer burial insurance plans that pay up to $30,000. Considering the average funeral costs more than $10,000, that's peace of mind for your family. There are no medical exams, your rates won't increase, and your policy cannot be canceled as long as you make your premium payments. Call now to get approved in minutes and ensure your final resting place is more than just a pauper's grave in a potter's
6: field. 800-323-8137. 800-323-8137. 800-323-8137. That's 800-323-8137. Paid for by Final Expense Direct. People looking to buy a new fence in Minnesota are lucky. Lucky because unlike with other types of purchases, when it comes to buying a new fence, the choice has been made so darn easy. Only one company truly stands above the rest, and has for a long, long time. Midwest Fence has not only been around far longer than anyone else, and thus is far more experienced, they're the largest fence company in the state, which means Midwest Fence has the greatest variety of fence designs. You won't believe the seemingly endless styles you can choose from these days. And Midwest Fence buys in such bulk, they can keep their prices lower than other companies. That's why if you're ready for a fence, you're just plain lucky. The legendary fence company that's been making people smile since Truman was president is but a phone call away and ready to stop out and deliver a free estimate. Your turn to smile, folks. Learn more at MidwestFence.com.
9: Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro Life Across America is non-political and totally educational.
2: A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro Life Across America.